Then there was the bad weather. And then there was the Soul Raiders. Hit the theme music. Nice. No, I, I, I imagined you did not have anything. Well, I never I never do, but this You should have started to call me Papa. <laughs> call me Papa. Call me Please. Papa. Call me Papa. You got a little bit of that in that book, too. Yeah, I did. Um, it's fucking weird, but... <laughs> yeah, that's odd. It's an right. odd thing. Right. So anyway, welcome, listener readers. Hello, everyone. To... Slow Readers. Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast, where the conversation is always on Hemingway Papa. It's always about Billy Foxfuckner. It's always about the measure of a man. Uh, it's all. It's a matter of measure. That's what it's about. And also yes. Sherwood Jobby Anderson's. Jobby. Did he get mentioned? Oh, whatever. We'll mention that. Yeah, Jobby got a mention. He did get a mention? Okay. He had a shout out. Um, so, all right. So, this is uh, Slow Readers, brought to you by... Books. Top gallant rate that too. <laughs> top gallant radio. Right. We are a real literature show. We mm-hmm. swear. We're just a couple of goofballs. And as always, if you want to skip only to book talk, mm. if you don't have any time for mm. our bullshit, Mm-mm. and I can't imagine why you wouldn't. I mean, what are you? You're listening to a podcast, so clearly you have time. So fucking hang around. Otherwise, swipe up, scroll down, show notes, and you can go right to the book talk. Yay. Where we'll be talking about a movable feast by Ernest. Hemingway, Junior. Good job. The four. I don't know if he's a junior. Mr. Bumby. That was like the most straight name we've ever given him yet. Yeah. We always call him Ernie Hemsoth. Yeah, Ernie Hems. <laughs> Ernie Hems. Um, Jeans Hemingsways. Um, yeah, so... Ernest uh, Hemingpants. Because first we got some things to talk about before we get into like the big Hemsworth talk. Yeah, I think we should also introduce ourselves perhaps. Oh, you sure? Good point. We didn't We didn't do that. Co-host, uh, who are you? Uh, I am co-host. Yes. With the Cosmost. Mm-hmm. The co- Nothing the rhymes with and the cosmos. Co- Nothing rhymes with really co. You just gotta make up some fucking mm-hmm. nonsense, huh? Like a boho co-host. Like a boho co-host. Like there you, you need to make up some like catchy name that just. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I am Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, Daniel. Uh, international audio producer or writer. Is that true? No. Uh, well, Could be. I mean, I mean technically. Be, I mean, there are no borders anymore in this connected yeah. digital world. Because also, I mean, some of the work that you have and I've produced for our day job is heard in England. So therefore, we are international audio producers. True, and also, yeah, it's a, it's a transatlantic uh, production. Oh. Even though we're on the we're on the Pacific coast. Sure. Uh, audio producer, writer, editor, and author. That's your name. Who and what are you, young sir? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. Mm. I'm a writer. I'm a producer of Mm-mm. podcasts and audio programming. And soon I'll be producing some more fun media whatnot. Yes. And we'll do you, let, do you want to talk about that now or towards the end? Just because you kind of did something exciting that you've been kind of like, you know. I did do that. Um, I'll be really quickly that. about it. I mean, there's not, there's not much to dwell on. Mm. Uh, I have been working with this, uh, with CAM. That is the Center for Asian American Media in Oakland, California, mm. in San Francisco. Um, we are producing Self-Evident. Telling Asian America stories. It's going to be a wonderful podcast hosted by Kathy Airway, who I met. She is really, really cool. And she's apparently like a food writer and shit. Met some really great people. And I performed at CamFest, the festival. I mean, I had to miss a screening of the Joy Luck Club, which was oh, a bummer. That's kind of... Also, Rufio was there, and I missed him too. Seriously? Is he, he was, Filipino? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. That's why all those people made fun of me, Daniel. Because I look like Rufio, because we grew up in white Pennsylvania. Did they call you Rufio? Yes, they did. Who called you Rufio? Name names. All of them. Okay. Hey, I'm not Ilya Kazan. Anyway, <laughs> um, coming soon, uh, my episode's coming out. I performed it live at CamFest. It went over very well. It was a wonderful time. I met a lot of great people there. People I hope will be on the show soon. Nice. That's cool. That, that, that's that's very exciting. Good job, Gabriel. Yeah, uh, I got. Tagged. I made people cry, dude. It yeah, was great. Oh, you made people cry. Mm-hmm. Did you? Did you just fart really fart loud in their faces? That's what made them you, cry. You, 
<laughs> yeah, no. No, I um I like looked at everyone in the eyes, I picked out their deepest insecurity and made a joke about it. Yeah, you uh you Hannibal lectured them. Totally. Yeah, I know. And then I protected them from that guy who shot his spunk and threw her in at their faces. Yeah, that, that's that's uh that's right. Yeah, he did that to that one person. Yeah, he, you know, the only thing about he Lecter doesn't make people cry. He makes them do other things. He doesn't really. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not a tearjerker. Yeah, I'm a, the, um, the, he's a manipulator. The guy who like from the Tick live action, the first one, he made a guy cry. Him, yeah, that, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking about. But I didn't remember his name, and I was thinking like, don't. That's Me a neither. deep cut. Come on, don't go yeah, there. But that's, that's exactly what the fuck I was yes. thinking. But anyway, so. check out Self Evident coming out soon. In the meantime, Daniel. Yes. What 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 are we brought to them by this time around? What's our what's our <laughs> our bevy? Well, Gabriel, we are we are uh, sponsored not actually by okay. uh, a little known TV show that's uh, having its uh, final episode air this night, or in fact, probably in an hour. Yeah, I think so. We're gonna uh, order pizzas. Uh, this little this little dinky TV show called a Game of Thrones. Hmm, it's called A Song of Ice and Fire. No, it's called. Uh, a game. It's called Game of Thrones. Wow, mm-hmm. it's the second time I said it wrong. It's Game of Thrones. <laughs> the, on purpose. The first novel is I did it right. I, I did it on purpose the first time. Mm-hmm. Then the second time, it's like I was still kind of locked in that. Sure. Yeah, totally Written wrong. by George R. R. Martin. Yes, that one with the I can't troll my R's. You can't troll your R's. No, I can't. Hmm. I know it's not. Aren't it's, you half Mexican? Yeah. Hmm. I also can't dance. So, um, Daniel, you can dance. Someone long ago just told you you shouldn't. Yeah, well. that's from men. The men who stare at goats. Oh yeah, you yeah. saw that movie? I think I saw it with you at the BAM. It was a long time ago. I really, it was, don't a long time it was like two thousand five or something like that, right? No, okay. like oh eight or something. Well, like that. regardless, no. Uh, that's a that's a an an, an elegant an elegant. <laughs> inelegant. Speak of not being able to talk, an inelegant uh, uh, transition to talk about the drinks that we're drinking. Yeah, because Gabriel, for my birthday. Which was uh, um last week, two like two weeks ago, pretty much. Oh yeah, damn time flies. Yeah, uh, I know, right? Um, and uh, mi madre mm-hmm. got me a, a a little birthday present, which was a beer collection, Game of Thrones, uh, uh branded. Sure, it came with a glass and everything like that. And Gabriel, that's what we're fucking drinking right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm all hold on. Let's take some photos. Yes. Um. Oh, I didn't bring my phone, Daniel. So you gotta take the photos. Oh god damn it, Jesus. Yeah, I can take photos with my iPad that I have here for information. But Aww. also, Daniel, have I ever told you that my mom borrowed this iPad to go on a journey to Japan with my dad for a wonderful vacation? Uh-huh. And my mom took a bunch of photos on it, a couple of which is just selfies while she's in the bathtub. No. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't see anything, obviously. Yeah. But it, it's still weird. You're still looking at it and you're just like, my mom took this photo while she was naked on my iPad. Cool, man. Chill times. Hold up the beer. <laughs> Love you, Ma. Hold up the beer. Gabriel, what kind of beer is it first off? This is, well, first of all, Omegong are the people who's making this here beer. And I have the hand of the queen. It's a barley wine ale. Uh-huh. <laughs> are you taking uh, video? No. I was thinking about it, but. Daniel, we should be taking videos. That's how we, that's how we expand our market. That's true, but. You guys are taking, you guys are making Instagram stories. Okay, Gabriel, Gabriel, we're going to take that again. No one okay, will notice. let's do it again. Okay. Gabriel, ready? Ready? so ready? I'm going to take a video. All right. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. You ready? All right, go ahead. Hi, I'm Gabe Mara. This is the Game of Thrones beer brought to you by Omegong. It's the hand of the queen because it tastes just like the warm hand of Peter Dinklage wrapping his toes right around your mouth. Mm. Jesus Christ. Horrible. Very good job, Gabriel. <laughs> Nathan, you don't want to do one. Uh, sure. Here, uh, the, one, the one that I'm going to drink is, what did I settle on? 
Not King of the North. There was I already drank one already when I first got it, but um, I'm drinking Mother of Dragons, a smoked porter. Wait, hold and... on, I'll take in the video. Here we okay. Go. Ready, Daniel? Yes. You introduce yourself. Uh, I am Daniel Gonzalez. Wait, I wasn't recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. All right. Now go. Uh, I am uh, Peter Dinklage, um, and I am uh, about to drink Mother of Dragons Smoked Porter and Krieg Ale Blend. Wonderful. Uh, a type of beer that I'm not very familiar with, uh, one way or the other, and that is what I'm going to drink. I would take a drink right now, but I didn't open it yet. Literature. Literature. Cut. All right. Uh, I'm going to open this beer. And also, one last thing before we move on to our next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, This came with uh, an official, I guess, uh, Game of Thrones glass. Yeah. That uh, it's it's nice. You know, Game of Thrones on one side. On the other side, it has the uh, Omer Omer Gang. Omegong. Omegong. Omegong is a brewery made um, uh, that's run by monks. Oh, and it's pronounced weird because it's like spelled like Omegang. Omegong. But uh, yeah, and here's the funny thing I want to point out: the uh, it's not soldered on right to the stem. Uh-huh. So if you look at it, like the stem, like yeah. go ahead and touch it. It's like it, like the that's really funny. The top part of the stem is like kind of off center. It has it like a little. Out. It's like a little ridge. Like a little bit of like foreskin. It would. It would. <laughs> it would. It would actually be kind of cool because it has like kind of like a handcrafted rough yeah. feel. But it's but just the fact that it is a Game of Thrones curated beer and glass just kind of makes it just look shoddy. I mean, you're not even that much of a beer guy, which is interesting. No. I thought these were wines, to be honest with you. At first. My, barley wine, you know, it's just like a thick, very strong kind of ale. All right. So cheers. Nastrovia, Daniel. Wait, well, how do they how do they cheers in Westeros? Uh, usually when they do that... Daniel, sing Pod songs entirety now. Oh, Jesus, that one I don't... I don't even remember it. I wasn't really paying attention. I uh, think it goes, um, my name is Pod, check it out. I'm singing this song around about... Fuck you, Night King. Fuck you, fuck you, Night King. Hey! My name is Pod. Hi there, Brian. Yeah, that was good. Good job, On and on and on. I took a sip already? Yeah, not my kind of style. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, these are all very dark. There's one sour you said. Was, yeah, there was, was one. Good? There was a sour ale that I already drank. That who was, one, who was, was that named? It was good. It was I think Queen of the Seven Realms. Okay, so technically it's named after Cersei. So there's no no Sansa beer. Uh no, no Sansa beer. Just, mm. There's no Arya beer. There's no Dinklage beer. Technically, Hand well, of the King. A, yeah, there's a Dinklage yeah, beer. Yeah, but Dinklage wasn't ex- Dinklage isn't exactly like known to be the Hand of the King. Uh, Hand of was the Hand of the King, right? Hand of the Queen. Hand of the Queen. I'm sorry. No, that is uh, that would be Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Who was Hand of the Queen before? I don't remember. No, I think he was the first one. All right, that one is Tinklage. Anyway, sure. So Gabriel, uh, 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 elegant transition. Yeah. Uh, I have a game. To you have celebra- a game to That's celebrate fantastic. the fact that we're drinking these Game of Thrones beers. We're going to. Uh, you're, I'm assuming you're going to sit in and watch the uh, final episode. Because, yeah. Uh, the, the very fast version of my history of Game of Thrones is that I watched season one, loved it, um, and then I did not watch any of it until this season. Yeah. So, which is the best way to watch it. Yeah, I know. I have no investment in this, and I'm just I'm just chilling out. I have no opinion on anything that's happening. It's a, it's probably very shocking how, how different, how much, like, the the writing kind of, for the most of the season, kind of went down, but, like, production went up significantly. So, sure. I don't know. At least that's my... I, last night, I did rewatch Seven Days in Hell. So, there's that. The South Park thing? No, that's what's it called. That's the Andy Samberg, Kit Harrington tennis thing. Oh, nice! It's, it really, I was like, like, <laughs> it's so good. It's it totally holds up. It it's kind of one. You know, Kit Harrington, 
he's not like people kind of make fun of him for not being like a great actor. Mm-hmm. He's fine in the right role. He, he's so good in that. He's he's like limited, but mm-hmm. like but he's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of my favorite moments is that where um <laughs> finally it's coming to a head that um Andy Samberg's had sex with Karen Gillan, who's a uh, uh, Ken Harrington's girlfriend uh-huh. or he tried to have sex with her and so they're finally arguing at, like during a press conference and then Andy Samberg keeps on almost trying to kiss him because that's <laughs> what he equates conflict with uh-huh. and really it's just Ken Harrington being like, like yeah that's right bro no get off you get off me <laughs> it's re- it's so good it's still uh, streaming on HBO Go so check that out I, I, yeah I really I never watched the uh, the follow up one the um the, the tour de tour de ph- pharmacy or something like that. Yeah, tour de pharmacy. So, it was good, not as good as Seven Days in Hell. Yeah, it doesn't have it doesn't have the the queen drunkenly calling and threatening. Yeah, like, yeah, like, Listen here, fuck slut. Listen, I've been gonna, drinking. I've been drinking. How are you doing? Oh, fuck it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's still really good. fucking good. Anyway, so to you cel- have a game. To celebrate that, I have a game, and it's a uh, and. Uh, to kind of in the briefly, yeah, I've been watching it from the get go. Uh, always been a fan, even now. You were one of the first people I've met who was watching the show. Yeah, my brother, my brother got me into it because I would have no interest in watching that show. I, I almost feel it, like we it's could, a great show. It, there's, it would be, there's, there's no doubting that. I feel like I feel like after watching this final episode, I think it would actually be a really good uh, to actually go back and watch it from the beginning mm-hmm. just to get a feel for it again. And also because there's like the last couple seasons I didn't rewatch because I wasn't crazy about them. Actually, so. more than anything, um, I am I'm, re- I'm excited to start rewatching The Wire from the beginning. Hey, let's let's uh, man, let's do that. Let's call it Game of Wire. <laughs> <laughs> wire, sure. wire of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Is Pop um, Joe Varys. Yeah, actually, easily. Uh, so, okay. So real quick, I wanted to, it was really kind of hard because we were talking about like, oh, let's do a Game of Thrones things. And I didn't really know what to do. A Game of Game of Thrones? It's a, Yeah, we'll call it a Game of Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, and I was thinking like, I have no idea what the A murder of bros? A feast for bros? So, because uh, like they're all pretty difficult and like, I don't want to mock, like we kind of mock James Patterson when we make James Patterson games. Sure. <laughs> you know, so I was like, I don't want to mock, I, I can't really mock, I can't really mock it to be is honest this game, Is this game called Braun or Bran? Ron, Bran, or Brandon? No, but that would be that would be good, and also require too much creativity that I couldn't muster for sure. This. So instead, I have a very basic one. Is that first off, again, you've only seen the first season, and you're I watching have. the current one, right? Mm-hmm. So I've how... also seen all the Mister Skin sex scenes. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, so J.K. You... Law. Yeah, you're sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, but however, like for a while, I think for most of the seasons, you had me recap them when we were hanging out at Chick Fil A for like I feel like a yeah, bef- yeah before. The, they doubled down on being horrible homophobes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, before that. Was it Chick-fil-A? Yes. Okay. There's still good chicken. It's really hard to it deny. Is, but it's, it's... It's, like, it's like a homophobe, really pretty girly like. Yeah. You know, where you're just like, like, you know, I can't hate... I hate it when she starts talking about this shit. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. But, you know... It's like finding out that one of your, like, cool male friends is terrible to women. And you're <laughs> like, oh, I... I love that dude because he loves his gr- – we have a great time, but also he harasses women. So I can't be friends with him anymore, but he's a great dude. But you really want to eat his chicken. But I really want to eat his chicken. It's right. so good. But so I, I've i kind of like relayed things Support that women, everyone. Yes. I, I, I've relayed information that happened in like the episodes as they were airing. So you kind of like know what happened. Yeah, I have right? big ideas. Now I'm going to test you on that. <laughs> oh, fun. Okay. So we'll just see what it is. They're basic questions. And okay. that And that they don't have like multiple choice questions or like true or false or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They are basic questions. For example, okay. I have, I have fun. six of them, right? And I'm curious how well they... Because like honestly, like, yeah, it can't be too... Like, yeah, you're not, I don't expect you to know a lot of details. No. And, and I don't want to be too 
broad or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a fine middle ground where it's like it's like I've met, like for example, first question. Let's okay, just get started. Right, let's let's go for fucking this. get started. Cue the right? music. Cue music. Put pod song over this whole thing. <laughs> sure. Um, number one. Yes. Who was Bruce Bolton? Bruce Bolton? Bruce Bolton. Who the fuck? <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I know Ramsey Bolton mm-hmm. is Ewan Rayan from Misfits because yes. I love that shit. Um, he's my favorite character in that. Um, uh, so he's part of the Bolton clan, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing he is like, like, like Ramsey Bolton's dad. Okay, real? Yes. You are correct. Yes. Uh, speaking of, yeah, Bruce... I know nothing about this character. Bruce Bolton was actually one of my favorite characters for a while before like, the show kind of inelegantly uh, dispatched him. I'm going to use that word like five times for the rest of the yeah. fucking episode. That's why until... they call you Elegant Daniel. Yeah, Elegantial. Sure. Elegantial. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, he was because he was kind of like like a, a, a total, like one of the main villains who wasn't like a huge spotlight kind of dude. Sure. Basically, he. Not only was he instrumental in the whole like a uh, 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 red wedding, he actually was a bannerman of the Stark family, and then oh. not only turned on them and betrayed them to what's their faces, but he was the guy to actually uh, stab Rob uh, Rob Stark in the heart. Did you almost say Rob Roy? Yes, we should watch that. It's a good movie. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, I, I watch you. I watch you do it. Then I halt and I'm like. Yeah, it's a job to, be, to be honest, I keep forgetting his name. Yeah. It, it's I, I know, been I know Richard Madden more than I know I, Rob yeah, speaking Rob about, Stark. Yeah, no. Uh, you, you've been watching. I've been trying to like kind of catch you up when we're watching the new season where like it's like, who's that? And I'm like, uh, his name is Conleth Hill. Um, okay. What's his name? Because mm-hmm. I would forget uh, various. All right. Let's do these fast because we are going on long. No way. Okay. So number two. Mm-hmm. Similarly. 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 How did... Ramsey Snow slash Bolton die. He's Ramsey Snow? Uh, yeah, he was a bastard child of Roose Bolton, so he wasn't properly named uh, Bolton. He was originally Ra- Ramsey Snow, as oh. ba- as royal bastards in the North are called. Oh, I see. Like Jon Snow, for example. I was very curious about that. Yeah. How much, where, where did Snow come like from? Like, no matter where you are, there's certain, like, uh... There are certain things where, like, for example, if you're in the River Runs, I think you're stone. Okay. Um, like, various things like that. That's cool. In the South, it's sand. So, how did Ramsey Snow slash Bolton die? That, I have no idea. Um, I know he dies in the Battle of the Bastards. Um, I want to say something. I, I, for, um, it's really, all these are come from what you told me mm-hmm. years ago now in a Chick-fil-A. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was ripped apart by dogs. Yes! Yes! That was actually, no no hesitation there, no leading up. I was like, Gabriel, you were right. Yeah. Uh, he was captured at the well, end did, of... Did Sansa do it? Yeah. Because um, for revenge for him assaulting her? Yeah. For Support women, all, everyone. All the, horrible deci- all the horrible things he did with Sansa was paid off because he was captured at the end of the Battle of the Bastards, and while he was tied to a chair, Sansa visited him. Uh, and then basically fed him to the dogs that he has basically like the entire time that we've been with them. His, his had been like his hundred, hundred dogs who've been like, you know, chasing and tearing apart people. Sure. She basically fed him to his own starved animals. Okay, cool. So. That's like, like in the Lion King. Like in the Lion King. When those hyenas rip apart Jeremy Irons. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's really fucking weird. Yeah, dude. Gabriel, moving on. Circle of life. What? I'm two for two. What is Sander Clegane, AKA the Hound. Okay scared of and i'm not talking about his brother 
I'm guessing fire, yes! considering his face is all fucked up. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. The, they're both actually extremely related, of course, where his, because uh, as, as much as... Uh, Sander He's just like Martian Manhunter. It's Sander wrong. <laughs> <laughs> as much as uh, Sander Clegane was, like, not a good, great person, uh, mm-hmm. his older brother was a fucking monster, but uh, may have been due to, like, you know, uh, sure. psychological things. But at some point, um, basically for hardly any reason at all, his older brother just stuck his face into, like, a fucking fire pyre. And like fire pyre. Fire pyre. What am I talking about? Those fire... The pyres. is not a pyre. There's a pyre. Um, just fire pyre sounds funny. Yeah, I and, it, and basically just held him down while people were trying to get him up and everything like that. But okay. that's what happened to his face. And ever since then, like, for example, in the Battle of Blackwater, uh, Sander Kagan, uh stopped fighting See, because... I don't know what Blackwater is. Oh, yeah, that was in uh, season two. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, no, he's left because there was all the fire. Moon? And he, shining on you? he told Joffrey to go fuck himself or something like that. Sure. Yeah, so far, I've... I've gotten three correct. Two mm-hmm. of them were just context clues. Mm-hmm. One is a vague memory. Yeah, no, that's... Hey, man, that's honestly kind of asked for better results. Yeah, no, hey, I'm about it. Okay, here's where it gets difficult. I like to win. Okay, go ahead. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. <laughs> Who poisoned Joffrey? Who poisoned Joffrey? At least... You can name any one of the people who are kind of involved in the actual conspiracy who actually poisoned Joffrey, hmm. but like I'm mainly looking for one person. But we'll 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 see. I if figure it... it's one of the one of the council dudes. Was it? It might have been Mayor Carcetti, but I don't think he would have done that straight up. I want to say it was Tyrion. Hmm. I'm gonna say it's Tyrion. Gabriel. Yes. You are wrong. Oh no! Tyrion was streak over. Tyrion was infamously believed to have poisoned him because okay. he, because uh, Joffrey was being an asshole to him. Joffrey sucks, and uh, and basically forced Tyrion to uh, to pour his drink for him, and that was the drink that killed him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Tyrion, of course. It was a conspiracy. Who I believe, actually, honestly, now you mention it, I forget the people involved. <laughs> I think it was either I think it was Littlefinger and or Varys. Oh, so I was kind. I I was right initially a little you, bit. You were, and I would have given it to you because I'm also blanking out. The person I was looking for really was the Queen of Thorns herself. Is that Queen of Thorns? What the fuck is, is oh that Natalie God. Dormer? No, her uh, grandmother. Is it that? Is it that really like the the, the old woman with the big headdress that everyone loves? Who, yeah, who's like, the actress? They talks a lot of shit. Yeah, people she was love her. Famous actress, like old old legendary actor. Lois Smith. Man, I should have fucking wrote this shit down. <laughs> yeah. um, well, again, it's been a while. I, my 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 memory's fine. But yeah, no, Queen of Thorns. Yeah, it's exactly that person. Where basically she because uh, Joffrey was being married to Natalie Dormer's character, and uh, Queen of Thorns being someone who wouldn't who basically didn't want any fucking buddy like ruining any of like hers or her family's lives sure. was basically just like yeah Joffrey's a problem he's a psychopath I don't want my daughter actually married to him mm-hmm. so her way of dealing with it was to uh, work on uh, poisoning him cool yeah. I'm into it so that little kid thinks he's he's better than Commissioner Gordon which one's Commissioner Gordon no he's what's one well, remember like in Batman Begins I think or He's oh yeah 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 that was him that's right yeah, yeah, little Joffrey boy it wasn't it wasn't some kid who went up to Christian Gordon and was like fuck you cop <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Gordon no, you don't know shit <laughs> all right two more questions mm-hmm. okay all right I'm I'm three for four three for four yeah and you were you were close with that last one yeah you know? I mean like it was I, kind of... I, I I mentioned some of the names you mentioned you mentioned a lot of the names you just like and also you selected the person who went to trial and was. Uh, a blame for the death. Sure, so that might have been what I heard that from. Sure. Okay. Second to last question. Who did Littlefinger love? 
Oh, I know that one. That's Caitlin Stark. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I knew that. Oh, good job. Yeah. Uh, that, to be honest, that actually was, now I remember it. Uh, That's like a season more, one thing. It was, yeah, it was definitely explicitly mentioned in season one. Yeah. Bonus question. Ooh. And I think you can easily guess this one because honestly, I forgot how easy that was. Uh, bonus question. Who, is, who did he, who does his interest lie in after Caitlin Stark died? Nerese. Nerese wire, from The Wire, wire yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> who was he interested in afterwards? Is yeah. that Sansa? Yeah, Sansa. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think I think it was in the show, but there was uh, the last thing that uh, what's her face saw him do before she flipped out, and he kind of casually murdered her. Um, uh-huh. Was uh, he uh, kissed uh, Sansa and such, sure. which which is like super fucking gross in the book too, because she's very young. In the I believe it. Whereas in like the show, she's like, well, it's probably still very young. But anyway, anyway, Maya Cocchetti. Gabriel, last one. Yep. And I'm hoping you get guess this. Okay. What? And this is kind of like. It's not, ex- it's like the question isn't exactly like specific, but you'll know what I mean. Okay. What does Hodor mean? Um, I believe Hodor means hold the door. Damn straight, boy. I don't know. I do not know the context. <laughs> I do not know why. Mm-hmm. I do not know how this happened. But, but if there was a list of keywords that said Bran, future, time travel, Raven, hold the door. I'm like. See, that's the Hodor thing. Wait, was that your... I'm sorry. Was that your fucking stream of thought when you heard that? Well, no. Okay. I, I, that's, that's all I... If someone says, what does Hodor mean? That's that's my thought train. And your thought train went there? Because, like, first I was like, oh... And you're like, time travel? What the fuck? Isn't that... No? Is it not a thing? Uh, actually, no. Now you mentioned it, it. I thought no. it was like, like, he got named Hodor because his, like, mission became hold the door or something or other. Something like that. And it actually does involve something with time yeah messing with time and everything like that yeah gabriel good job you did, cool. you, yeah. so gabriel so uh, ant-man just showed up and he's like hey this is what we got to do yeah man and then loki got away with a fucking time stone yeah. if you know what i mean i can't wait to see endgame again I know. supposedly we should do that supposedly uh, we should do that <laughs> supposedly we should do that yeah no supposedly um that's what uh, i think the loki show is going to be about where apparently loki getting a hold of the time stone apparently led to like i hope it's an episode where things. he meets f scott fitzgerald i hope so i hope funny. it's just legends of tomorrow but it's just loki speaking of which well first off so i win gabriel five out of six hey that's good job good. i mean like i said i couldn't have asked for anything better yeah and the one i got wrong i had mentioned vaguely was yeah. i was kind of correctish you were close and honestly i i think up until like the later season i forget exactly when but like queen of thorns told like natalie dormer and she's like yeah i killed him and she's like what and she's like yeah dude yeah that guy's up. and then like that was one of the last things that she actually got to tell jamie lannister before jamie lannister jamie lannister uh 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 nobly basically offered to like well look we can take you execute or anything like that or you can take this moment take your own life and go out the way you want i'm gonna give you that option and she took poison and then basically told jamie lannister like oh by the way i killed your son <laughs> yeah cool and then he left kind of really fucking pissed anyway sure great scene actually i do really wa- i don't think we want to do this on air considering it is in fact we don't want to be too spoilery uh-huh. but i don't think i really got from him I'm very curious what are your thoughts on the fate of jamie in the latest episode but um Wait, that's let's, for another time let, let's do that for the the end parts you know when people are tuning the end out game us, yeah okay. in the end game of this episode yeah for now we've been going on a bit long doubt it uh i think if you can believe it um let's uh let's let's uh let's let's go on break that's what it's called mm-hmm. um and when we come back uh we're gonna talk about a book oh what what we're talking what, about what, a what? Uh, it's um uh, a, a book uh, um, you ever hear them no no 
All right. It's it's like a TV show. It's like if Game of Thrones were written down in words. Oh, is this that thing that's that 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 Steven Gutenberg invented? <laughs> <laughs> no. <Nope>. What? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot the name. Yo- Johan Gutenberg. Yo- the printing press guy. Who are you guy? talking about? Is the printing I... press guy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. We're going on break. All right, we're going on break. All right. Welcome back. Hello. Dear listener for years. Hello, everyone. I almost could burp right now, too. Um, Go ahead. Go for it. It's drinking beer, man. Like, it's so, yeah. Daniel and I aren't really beer drinkers. We like, like, a Corona as much as the next guy, but at the end of the day, I'd rather have liquor or wine. I'm a a sake drinker because I'm that kind of pretentious. I had some outstanding sake in San Francisco. Oh, yeah? Actually, not to go on another quick tangent already. Go for it. Um, Daniel... I loved San Francisco, and I think you would love San Francisco. I bet I would love it too, uh, but I hear that it's very expensive to live there. Yes, it's insanely so. But really, imagine like the best parts of Brooklyn and the best parts of Manhattan. I got dropped off at a beautiful hotel in Japantown, mm-hmm. and it was gorgeous. And I really liked this walking. The hills is beautiful. It, you know, LA's cool. But San Francisco, I'm like, I immediately touched the ground and I'm like, oh, this feels like home. Yeah. I mean, uh, not to not to get too much in it, even though it's a very big subject that we can honestly go on and people find it very interesting. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you and me are kind of on the same page. We're kind of like on the fence about L.A. I'm very on the fence about you know, L.A. It's like, don't we, like, it's a very practical place to be. Yeah. For, I, for what we want to do with our lives and for our careers right now, we have to be here. Yeah. But I don't. But if some, whenever someone asks me, "Do I like L.A.?" I'm like, "It takes it's time." Nice. You know, I didn't like New York for five years. Yeah, that's not true. I love New York right away. But yeah, I think you love you love New York right away, and it's like, "Hey, I'm in L.A.," and they're like, "Where?" Yeah, like, <laughs> oh my god, it's like, oh, it's all the way over there, past the highways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get the city. But I, that's okay. But we're it's a learning process, you know. Yeah, no, we're we're, we're stakes are here right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But um, but no. I just saw something in like, like we got a push notification that there was like this thing where it's like a, where it's, it's kind of uh, ironic that you mentioned this where like, and you were also just there, but uh, it said like, uh, uh, San Francisco has a problem, uh, that's mainly due to the, uh, high, you know, like the high rents and rents too damn high like that is that the waters around it are being choked by people living in boats. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a specific problem. That's so strange. I mean, I'm wrong because I hear this and you're just like, God damn it. It sounds like a great idea. Yeah, it's a great plan. <laughs> Fuck. I would love to live on a boat. I'd live on a houseboat. It sounds great. I know. It actually sounds really fantastic. Mm-hmm. But Gabriel, we're not talking about San Francisco. We're not talking about boats? We're talking about Paris, dude. Paris? We're talking about Paris. We're talking about that thing. Hilton? That all fuck. No, how dare you. Oh. Of, uh, um, <laughs> we're talking about Paris Depp. Paris, the guy who uh, the guy who was supposed to marry Juliet, but then like Romeo fucking kills him too. Played again. Played by Paul Rudd. Paul, Paul Rudd mm-hmm. in the the Romeo plus Romeo Juliet? plus Juliet. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, we're talking about the Paris. Like Paris, Francaise. Oh my! Because Gabriel. Yeah. We're talking about the legendary Ernie Hemingway's mm-hmm. novel. Ernest Hemingway's uh, A Movable Feast. Cool. Yes. What year, Daniel? Uh, the book came out in 1964. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah, 1964, three years after he- uh, Hemingway died. Oh, okay. But still, that kind of blows my fucking mind that Hemingway was still publishing in the 50s? Well, the that's 60s? exactly... Because that's exactly what I'm going to talk about. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, Gabriel, I, I took down notes. and rather, Yeah, drop some, drop some knowledge on us. As it's oppo- also all about Ernest Hemingway. As opposed to talking about the, like, the great, like, wide, well-storied and recorded... 
fabulized and I don't know any of it. I really don't. Story about Hemingway. We're going to talk about his. Let's quote his. Let's call it his quote unquote final years, especially him in the fifties. We're giving it a West of Sunset treatment. Oh, totally. Because um, first off, let's kind of going like the order of things, right? Is that Hemingway only really published like like five six novels when he was alive hmm. uh and like basically 1940 as, as was mentioned speaking of which west of sunset which is by what Stuart we read, Onan, uh, which you did last week last week which is about the final years of fitzgerald that ended in 1940 with fitzgerald's mm-hmm. death uh it was briefly mentioned that um fitzgerald read an early advanced copy of uh, hemingway's latest book which was for whom the bell tolls mm-hmm. um he had only published one and a half not books after that really while he was dead, even while he was alive, uh, even though he lived for another 20 years. Wow, why is that? And we're going to get into that because exactly this. Like, for example, starting in 1940, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never realized this. Um, Hemingway's final years, not unlike Fitzgerald's final years, mm-hmm. uh, weren't the happiest times of his life. Sure. Like, both, it's kind of a. You mean he didn't have a happy ending where he rode off in the sunset? Yeah, it's like not Mr. Cogburn he, uh, being uh, uh, slowly dying in bed, surrounded by family. No, he infamously did not. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, um, just like Kurt Cobain, who died happily, surrounded by friends and family ex- at an old age. Exactly. Okay, Gabriel. Here's the list of uh, famous literary friends who died uh, when roughly around the same time Fitzgerald died. Okay. And this is gonna shock you. <laughs> okay. Uh, starting in 1939, mm-hmm. Yeats died. Oh, wow. Uh, Ford Maddox Ford died. Yates? Yates. Uh, 1940. And this is the really fucking interesting thing. Okay. Uh, 1940, of course, Fitzgerald. Yeah. Uh, Fitzgerald died. Uh, He had a fatal heart attack, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't doing too well because of his lifestyle, especially drinking and smoking and such. Yeah, he was not old. He was a young man. No. In fact, uh, I think some of these guys are pretty young. Here's the thing. 1940 Fitzgerald. 1941 Sherwood fucking Anderson. Oh, wow. Anderson lived... Outlived Fitzgerald? And he was he was an older man, too. Yeah, Jobby? Um, who also died of, not, like, natural causes, either. He fucking choked... He swallowed a toothpick and then slowly formed, like, sepsis or something like that. Yeah, goddamn. What a God, way to go. Awful. Uh, same year that uh, Sherwood Anderson died, James Joyce. Really? Also older. Weird. Going on. Mm-hmm. Two more. 1946... It's jump, not a two more. Jumping five more. Okay. Five five years in the in the, in the future, uh, Gertrude Stein. Oh wow, okay. Uh, who was also again older? Who was think, in a movable feast? I think she was. Uh, I think she was in her seventies. Yeah. Uh, and the nineteen forty seven last uh, last of his literary friends who died in this period, Max Perkins. I do not know who Max Perkins is. Max Perkins is the famous editor. He was actually mentioned, uh, name dropped in West of sure. Sunset. He's the famous editor of basically all these people, including uh, Thomas Wolfe, oh, okay. Hemingway, is Fitzgerald. Is he the character that movies about? A uh, genius, yeah. He yeah. Uh, he was played by uh, Mr. Darcy. Which Mr. Darcy? The 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 real Colin one. Firth. Yeah, the real one. The Mr. Darcy. The Mr. Darcy. Solid. Um, but yeah, no, that's and he basically like if you can imagine like the fucking like the editor of like Fitzgerald and Hemingway back yeah. in the times of Hemingway and Fitzgerald mm-hmm. and all them. Like he he's kind of like he's an unspoken hero. He was a that. kingmaker. He's up. He's like there with like Gertrude Stein about like people who essentially like mentor this fucking sure. generation. He's shit. a real Tyrion Lannister. Uh, but he, he actually does get mentioned in uh, in West of Sunset. I don't know if he's ever explicitly mentioned like what he is. It's just kind of mentioned as like oh and yeah, Max Perkins. Max working at like Scribner or whatever sent me his thing or whatever. Um, it's That's kind of, cool. It's one of those kind of frustrating things about West of Sunset, where like if you if you had a deeper knowledge about these people and what and whatnot, like for example, we didn't get to talk about Thomas Wolfe, who's yeah. who's weirdly like mentioned, and I didn't realize that those guys were like friends or anything like that. Yeah, he's a weirdo. Um, going on, 
so let's talk about like Hemingway in the 50s, knowing that all of his fucking friends are dead. Yeah. Uh, he's so like that dinosaur. Starting in the 50s. And he's not old. In the 50s, he was born in like 80, 99. So he's like 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, that's when he starts suffering accidents that start to plague him for the rest accidents? of his life. Accidents? Accidents, including a car accident. Oh, damn. And uh, later on, and I think like a little bit later, I forget exactly when exactly, but like he suffers two plane accidents that have essentially ruined his health for the rest of his two life. Two plane? Wow. S- uh, 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 consecutive. Jesus. Yeah. Like, don't be wrong. I feel like I'm maybe misquoting this, but he, he was in a plane accident and then like leaving that plane accident was in another plane accident. <laughs> like, it's pretty fucking That's t- terrible. It's pretty awful. If, if it was me, like my, my, my perverse concept <laughs> of, of karma and fate yes. is that if I got in two plane crashes in a row, the first thing I'm going to do is get on another plane yeah. just to prove a point. Because if I never, because like I'm like I'm not I'm like I'm not letting this beat me. Either I'm gonna land or this third one's gonna kill me. <laughs> it's like what's the chances of this plane going Seriously. down? I just uh, yeah. I will deliberately tempt fate because <laughs> I don't want to believe in it. That might okay. So it might have even been at the same time, like the early fifties, essentially. But basically, starting starting with like the car accident that like fucked up his knee, and mm-hmm. like he got into like another thing that like, he got another bang. Basically, from then on, it's a lot like Fitzgerald, where, like, his health took a sharp decline. Okay. Um, and roughly at the same time, in 1950, he produced Across the River and Into the Trees. What is that? Which is a, a novel. Is that how his car accident happened? That was a tremendous uh, uh, failure. Uh, uh, uh. That he kind of got, like, mocked openly about, like, be, like if For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is, like, a juvenile kind of, like, Hemingway kind of story about a, sure. a white man with a gun. Mm-hmm. Um and like, but it was very successful. Across the river wasn't. Basically, people kind of were just like, "Come on, Hemingway, are you seriously writing these stories about like brave older men, like kind of recounting the was lives?" Was it not? Have you read it, Daniel? Uh, yeah, actually, I I bought it and I really wanted to read it. I read like the first like third of it. I mean, I think like, going back to a theme that's been on our show for a couple of weeks now, uh-huh. is it not good, or were people sick of him? It's it's a little bit of both. I don't think. I mean, it's. I'm I'm always when every time I read a Hemingway thing, whether or not it's good or bad, I always kind of appreciate like the way that Hemingway writes. You know, which we'll get into later. But yeah, that's that's a can of worms for me. That said, it's that said, it definitely was like continuing that kind of like if it was a if you're telling me that there's like this is why I've never read any of his posthumous novels except for mm-hmm. this one. Um, is that like if you're to tell me, uh, and except for true at first light i guess but like there's a story about like you know a military man romantic uh uh heroism you know like i'm just like i don't really care for that kind of thing yeah that's not my genre i always but i do appreciate the language it is very well written and i feel like i could have gotten into it but like i was never really got into it okay uh the reviews of that were so fucking bad that out of spite uh a couple years later he uh did the first drafts of the old man in the sea Okay. Which was very successful and won him the Nobel Prize. Sure, it's the most famous thing he's done. Yeah, and he also said it's probably like the best the best writing he's ever accomplished in his life, which may or may not be the case. I've never been a huge fan of it just because it's a bit too ubiquitous. I read it in high school, and I, weirdly enough, maybe because I never read anything in high school, mm-hmm. not for school anyway, I don't remember a fucking lick of it. Yeah, it's, maybe, I think it's on the, it's probably on the list, right? It has to be. I think that was like the one thing. It's one of those things where, like, you know, I don't, no one's terribly excited about reading *The Old Man in the Sea*. But I mean, like, what, I'm what, sure what other book sure of his good. would be on the Strand eighty if it's not that one? Apparently, none of them. Apparently, fucking not a Farewell to Arms*. Hmm. But anyway, uh, so yeah, 1954 Nobel Prize, and then basically years after that, bedridden because he's so fucked up. That's so terrible. So, and again, he's gonna live for another like six years essentially, right? Yeah. And uh, getting into the kind of backstory about this whole thing, like *A Movable Feast*, because it's a very strange kind of book is that like uh roughly after that when he's been kind of like bedridden depressed 
uh, all of his friends are dead. He hurts constantly. Yeah. Is that he was at a hotel and then like basically recovered some luggage that he hadn't picked up since 1928. Holy shit. During the back of his Paris years. Sure. Back in the day of like, you know, swinging dick, uh, Hemingway, Fitzgerald, getting yeah. drunk all the time. Of Hadley. 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 When his and, name was Tati. And basically he, uh, for like the next like several years... Writing intensely, he basically took these pages that he wrote like back in 1928 mm-hmm. and put them together in a book that he called A Movable Feast. Very cool. Um, so this is kind of like a mixture, not to get too far into it, but it's a kind of a mixture between like stuff that he found that he'd written back then with like stuff that he had edited and it's also It's Hemingway's kind of found footage movie. It's his found footage, yeah. Cool. So it's like this interesting kind of mix between the two. Sure. But also like his other things and whatnot. Uh, True at First Light, Garden of Eden, Islands of the Sun, he wrote them at this point. Didn't publish them because basically in 1959, he stopped writing, came super, super depressed, moved to Idaho. Where he killed himself later Idaho? on. Idaho? Idaho. Yeah, he, he didn't die in Cuba. I he thought died he died in, in Cuba. He I, died in Idaho? I always thought of that too. No, he, um, in fact. In, in my the... mind, weirdly enough, like like Paul Gauguin and like Hemingway have this weird association of being like burly <laughs> dudes, burly masculine white guys who had a fascination of island life. Well, well, first off, he did have his Cuba home, which mm-hmm. he loved. And he wanted, he was actually. Was Zachary se- named after him. Severely depressed that he wasn't in Cuba. And you know what? Fuck that up. What? The Bay of Pigs invasion. That'll do. Yeah, 1960s. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, we're... That, that, that <laughs> Ernest Hemingway was around when John F. Kennedy was the president. That's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, I yeah, know. Right at, right at the start. Um, Not too much longer. Not too much longer. But, when um, did he die? What was the year? I think it was 1961, if I'm not misremembering that. Uh, however, in like 1959 slash like 1950... No, like 19... Yeah, 1959. That's when he basically had to leave Cuba and he was like... And he moved to Idaho. Mm-hmm. was super depressed that like he couldn't get like his books and his was manuscripts. Was he unmarried at that point? He was still married, yeah, to some poor to poor Mary Hemingway. Okay. Uh who Mother of Muriel? Like, he was probably like not at this point he was a mess of a man, so he wasn't very kind to her. Yeah. As you can imagine, this is his also fourth wife. Oh boy. Uh so yeah, and then Oh Papa. That was nineteen fifty nine and he only lived for a couple more years in Idaho. Sure. Game so Daniel, place. all that being said, yes. we did a movable feast. Which he published was published posthumously. Posthumously, what yep. is the book? What is Movable Feast about? A Movable Feast. Uh, speaking kind of lightly, glowingly, because I do enjoy this book. Lightly, a lot. glowingly. Lightly, glowingly. Like a firefly in your hands. As as I mentioned, it's a bit of uh, recovered stuff that he had written in the twenties. Being a very young man when he was, I mean, this is at the time that he was writing uh, In Our Time, The Sun Also Rises, when he like was hanging out with like Gertrude Stein and yeah. Fitzgerald. Yeah, and I, I actually really liked The Sun Also Rises. I, I, shocked, I was shocked at how much I liked it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Like, not to get too far into it, I really like young Hemingway. Old man Hemingway is always kind of shockingly not my thing. Mm-hmm. This is this is the kind of thing where I didn't really understand what's going on here because I'm like, this is right. This sounds like young Hemingway here. How did he write this in like 50 something rather? Yeah. And that's because apparently he found manuscripts and kind of like edited them together in a quote unquote novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically it's just him in a, in, this is oddly enough, I would say like what probably his most like experimental thing since inner time okay where it's it's kind of stream of conscious mm-hmm. for for hemingway which is like you always imagine like a faulkner being like that kind of like nutty kind of stream of consciousness dude yeah this is also kind of like that yeah i i weirdly enough not to jump ahead to my opinion on uh-huh. it i did not enjoy this one as much as i did the first time i read it weirdly uh-huh. enough because you read this before right? Yeah. i read this before <laughs> this is well, the, well this was the only hemingway book i'd read 
for a very long time. And I got I got into it when I was younger, when I was like 22. Mm-hmm. And reading it now, I'm like, get to the fucking point. There, There is... A lot of this book is written as kind of like an old man remember like literally like literally remembering like the sights and sounds of like sure. of like my Paris life. Like and oddly enough, like the thing I also enjoy about it is that it is straight up uneven. Like some of the stories I love, a lot of them I don't remember. Sure. <laughs> and I didn't really get it also uh, I didn't really get a chance to fully reread it before this. I see. I read a bit of, like, the beginning, and I read, mm-hmm. like, the end stuff with Fitzgerald and stuff. Right. But, like, there's a lot of stuff in the middle I didn't really gotcha. read. Well, well, so finish finish the synopsis. Well, so it's about Hemingway in Paris. Yeah, and, and it's basically him just telling uh, more or less truthful stories about the people he grew up with. Like, there's stories about him uh, talking with uh, Gertrude Stein, mm-hmm. meeting weirdos like Ford uh, Maddox Ford. Yeah, what I was doing before we started recording is that uh, I wanted to make sure I had the first paragraph of every Wikipedia article of all the important people that he... Mentions in a book, including Sylvia Beach, mm-hmm. um, this Belloc character that Ford Maddox Ford is like, fuck Belloc! Yeah, that weird fucking story. Huh? Oh, seriously, <laughs> that's Alistair Crowley, not Belloc. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> Don Dos Passos. So mm-hmm. I have all this information here for all these people. There's portions on, yeah, uh, John Dos Passos. I shall remember him coming up. Ford Maddox Ford. I feel like, yeah. I, James, I... James Augustine Aloysius Joyce. His name is... I'm sorry, was that James? Oh, just James Joyce? This is his full name. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wyndham Lewis. So, like, so many people I've never heard of. Okay. And, which, and it's, I'll tell you later, it, it was harder for me to enjoy some of these bits not knowing who some of these folks were. If I had a, if I had a wider understanding of the Lost Generation, I mm-hmm. might have been like, oh, man, he's about to talk to Pinka. That's, to pa- Paskin. That's one of the, uh, the... Paskin and Pound. That's always one of the things where, like, this is very much a story about, like, time and place. So, like... And he doesn't necessarily catch you up on some of these people. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you don't know who fucking Fitzgerald is, like, it wouldn't make sense. Let yeah. alone, like, like, I'm, like I always remember the Ford Maddox Ford story. I still don't a weird one. really know Ford Maddox Ford is. Yeah. He was a great writer. He's just not yeah, well known deal. anymore. Yeah, Ford Maddox Ford. What did he do? Um, he famously, he was an English novelist, poet, critic, and editor. Who he did the English review in Transatlantic. He wrote, <clears throat> most famously, The Good Soldier, Parade's End, and The Fifth Queen. Sure. Good job, yeah, Maddox Ford. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that's all about. I, I, don't get me wrong. I did feel... you see him cut that guy? Everyone, I don't get it. I don't know what that means. I imagine he means like he like he like put him in his place. He like shut him down. Like he like he like stared him down, kind of something. Is that that's that some... might be it. There, there's a, there's like some weird subtle fucking like. If there are any like, uh liter- like, like English professors here who might also host a podcast that we've been on before, who would explain to us what does it mean to cut someone? John. John. <laughs> Jonathan. Well, yeah. Sean, call to action. Yeah. Speaking of which, like your your understanding of the stories and also enjoyment of it will sometimes be influenced by how much you actually know of these things. Because here's the thing. We're taking advantage that we, me and you, know who Gertrude Stein is. Yeah. And Alice B. Toklas. A lot of people don't know who that is. We know who Alistair Crowley is. Yeah, that's because we're just weirdos. We know who I jo- love Alistair. We know who James Joyce is. Yes, and not many people, even like younger people, might yeah, know. We him. know the name um, Ezra Pound. I don't know anything about Ezra Pound. I just know the name. I know so. I've always like heard about him. I've actually have no idea about like what I, I think he's just strictly a poet, right? Um, he was a poet, and he was also like a critic, I believe. Okay, Let's see here. Sense. He was an expatriate American poet and critic, and he was an early fi- major figure in the early modernist poetry movement. That makes a lot of sense. So he was primarily a poet and an editor. Yeah. All right. Well, 
That's I mean, cool. I mean, that, that, that's cool. He's he's been like one of those like influential kind of names. Yeah. But like, because he again like uh, in the Lost Generation thing, you have like your slightly older generations, like your Gertrude Steins, your Joyces. Yeah. And then there's like the young, the young people. There's like, an the old guard, and, and there's the next generation, that kind of thing. Yeah. But Daniel, um, yes, you wanted to read this book for your birthday. Yes. I, I wanted to, well actually I wanted to double up this with uh West of Sunset because mm-hmm. they're the books up that are about Fitzgerald but it's not a Fitzgerald book. Yes and once again this is our second Hemingway book. Still haven't done one Fitzgerald. We can do no let's do um True let's do Tenors, let's do Tenors of the Night. Yeah totally. It's I'm a long one. Uh Hemingway did uh say as he is very critical about writing and such that Fitzgerald wrote I think he said two very good books. Mm-hmm. And that probably is the one cuz he he's I'm guessing it's Gatsby and Tender because um he seems kind of unimpressed about the earlier ones. Cuz yeah this side of paradise honestly I think is not a very good book. This side of paradise is like like pretentious film school <laughs> shit like seriously. It's a very good f- Film student. Frequently reading <laughs> this side of paradise, right? you're a little embarrassed. Yeah. You're like, "Come on, man, nice that's man. really pretentious. <laughs> Can you not?" And then, and then, like he, like he matured. Uh, so I'm pretty sure he means Gatsby and uh, Tenders and Night. But maybe he meant Beautiful in the Damned, which I still have not yet read. Yeah. I have a copy somewhere. Beautiful. The, I'm sorry, we talked about this last time. Beautiful, Beautiful in the Damned came out before Gatsby. Before Gatsby. Okay, that's right. It was like a second novel, right? It was a second novel. Right. It's kind of amazing that these guys only wrote like so many novels before yeah, they died. Yeah, sure. Published, I should say, mm-hmm. because like yeah, Fitzgerald didn't publish any books for like the last ten years of his life. Yeah. Until the one that he was had incomplete. Yeah, Love of the Last Tycoon. Um, which Hemingway mentions. Mm-hmm. I think he said that like yeah, no, people were telling me that it's very good. Uh, when he was writing. Yeah. And Hemingway, same thing. We're like, te- uh, if you know, if you call uh 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 the old man to see a novel, um, he didn't publish a novel in the last nine years of his life. These guys died fucking terribly. Writing is hard. It's like lost generation people and like jazz musicians. Not jazz musicians. Soul. Soul. Yeah. yeah, I think I meant to clarify. <laughs> Oldest Redding died in a plane crash. Yeah, no, I looked. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were talking about this last time. I also looked this up, but I, like I didn't bring it up. Mm-hmm. Like I looked on like, yeah, plane crash. There was like, that's the story where like there was some, the one guy who survived the plane crash, like briefly, like he was asleep. And then he woke up when someone shout like, like, oh no, or something like that. And then like blackness. And then he, yeah. So yeah. Terrifying. Anyway, Daniel, why did you want to read this one? Have us do this book for one, well, your birthday pick and also it, for the show. Well, yeah, two, uh, two folds of that. First off, it is, it is, I, I find his recollections of Fitzgerald very interesting. Not they're because. Utterly fascinating. They're, they're fascinating because there are very, very specific like perspective of Fitzgerald mm-hmm. from someone who like, like, Hey, would you love to hear like several stories about Hemingway remembering like meeting Fitzgerald? It's like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, and also hear him talk about why he doesn't like Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> like, I think like, like the Zelda stuff is so that that's my favorite stuff of the book. Mm-hmm. It's going to like, that's what I'll bring up in my, uh, my hazy memories, but mm-hmm. like that, that's always what I've clung to in this book. The, 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 the Zelda stuff's great. This is that this has that legendary story about how apparently Zelda said that Fitz uh, Scott F Scott had a small dick, yeah, and said you'll never be able to please a woman with that thing. Mm-hmm. Fitzgerald went to Hemingway, yeah, like his true like bro, you know, yeah, and was just like, Doski. and was like, listen, is my penis small? <laughs> yeah, and they go into the bathroom and they measure their dicks and just say. You're not small, man. And you're not small, dude. It's normal. She's small, just fucking man. with you. She's fucking she's with just, your head, she's dude. She's trying to ruin you, man. She's just, she's yeah, dude. She's you. trying to make sure you don't cheat on her by telling <laughs> your dick small. 
Also, yeah, she might have just been a very, very cruel person, or I don't know. She was mentally ill. She was very mentally ill. And also, Scott was, Scott was no walk in the park. No, yeah, they they weren't, as we discovered last time. Yeah, as we discussed last week, they were an intensely codependent, very, very unstable. They were in love with each other, like, irreparably so, Mm -hmm. but... Boy, what a fucking shit show! And 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 look, say what you will about Hemingway. I mean, don't get me wrong; he is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is kind of, especially in his later life, became like a total fucking like parody of his like younger blowhart self, where he Doesn't. became like a true, like crusty old like like. He went. He went full Bukowski. Yeah, one full Bukowski. It, but like, say well, eh, he's very right about the Zelda thing. It's like, yeah, those two needed to stay apart together. They probably would have lived longer. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Correct. Yeah. Well, Correct tale, Daniel. Th- this is so he got that one, and mm-hmm. uh, and I really enjoy that last kind of section with uh, with Hemingway talking to like the bartender revisiting the Paris thing, and like, yeah. the bartender saying like, like, hey, well, there's that guy Fitzgerald, right? Because basically, like the the bar, like he Hemingway tells the bartender saying. Well, yeah, no, I've been thinking about putting Fitzgerald in a book mm-hmm. and uh, just time out when we met and basically the, the bartender's like, oh, yeah, do that. And I'll see if I remember him and just talking about how, like, it's basically Hemingway talking about writing a book, which is exactly what he's doing about, yes. like, remembering these these times. Mm-hmm. And and the bartender's like, oh, yeah, no, I'd love to see, to see if I remember him. We'll see. And it's just like this wonderful kind of, like hard to kind of put in words kind of thing about like memory remembering these mm-hmm. these people because again at this point when this when he was writing this like fucking Fitzgerald was dead for 20 years yeah. almost his friend had been long gone yeah his his very good friend his and frenemy his frenemy his uh his his his, his yeah his uh, uh Chris Hemsworth to his uh uh, uh August Steele what was the name what what was the name in, in, in uh, uh uh speed what's it called what oh my god no the Chris Hemsworth the racing f- movie oh I'm uh <laughs> Shit. Which first off is a stupid Daniel, fucking thing to be bringing Daniel, up. Br- Daniel, Daniel Brule, Daniel Brule in Rush. I get them confused. I get August Steele and him. All right. Who August? Who August Steele? He's another German actor. He's actually okay. in the new Terrence Malick movie, of course. Oh, cool. But he's not hey. Daniel Brule. <laughs> no, he's not. Anyway, God, I love that movie. Which was an inappropriate thing because they weren't frenemies. They were friends who kind of like fell apart. Sure. Policia. Some might call them frenemies. Anyway. Okay. But no, that's that's why I um, want so, uh, That's why I love it for that. I dig uh, it. But How you, does it hold up for you, Daniel? Um, you, well, you didn't get to finish it. No, I, I brought it with me to San Francisco. Yeah, and I just I had like a few hours to like kind of thumb through it while I was also coming up with the game and everything. To be fair, that's what I did at West of Sunset. Yeah, yeah, basically. And like, don't get me wrong. Like the beginning, yeah, the beginning stuff and like the end stuff, which is what I read. That mm-hmm. stuff holds up just fine. Word. And like I said, like this whole book is very uneven. Mm-hmm. And okay, I'm, so I'm glad to hear you admit that. <laughs> no, that's that's why i there's like i have this weird satisfaction of stories like this that are 100 percent uneven mm-hmm. like there are stories that i don't remember that if you think about what happened in them you're just like oh he's just remembering an avenue yeah and then also <laughs> uh he uh went to the horse track and the guy was like the horse track huh he's like yep the horse track yeah he went with his uh his wife and they go to the horse track i remember that, i re- also remember that one being very long and kind of just like aimless yes and like i remember A- things like accurate that. and again like I appreciate that because it's not necessarily a good story, but it's like it fits in with the whole. It does. No, this is all intentional. Yeah. It's very interesting. And for me, reading this, it was, I don't know. <laughs> I know you're no, you have never been a huge Hemingway fan. I've never been a huge Hemingway fan. That that's always been like a like a discussion point between us. Mm-hmm. And for me, like I think that I I got into it knowing what it is when I was 22, riding the subway and reading Movable Feast. But weirdly enough. <clears throat> Like, I, I dragged my feet when we had to do The Sun Also Rises for this show, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. 
And I'm like, oh, fuck. He wrote, like, Fitzgerald-like books almost? That's really amazing. I'm really into it. And I really like that, that book a lot. I think it's fantastic. So circling back to this, which is almost like a compilation of his old stuff revised for the future. Yeah. It's like, it's like a B-Sides album. But a personal B-sides kind of thing. It, it, yeah, that's actually a great way to put it, actually. Yeah. I, I, I really kind of, like, my eyes would glaze over really hard through a lot of it. You were also but, reading when extremely busy. Yeah, no, I've had, this has been one of the busiest weeks of my and, life. And here's one of the reasons why I can tell you don't like, uh, the, the, especially this book, is that you're a speed reader. I'm a speed reader. This is not you about... You can't this is, speed yeah. read Hemingway. It's, it doesn't work. It's a bit like trying to read, like, Winesburg, Ohio when you're, when you're doing that, where mm-hmm. it's just like... So much about this, you like you read something and kind of like kind of figure out what he's trying to say. Like this is a this is like oddly enough, like I said, like I don't really care for his later books all that much. Mm-hmm. Hujabi? You know? oh, no, yeah, Najabi, him too. Oh Papa my god, or Jabi? no, Papa, Papa, Papa. Anyway. Like I'm not terribly interested in reading any of these posthumous books, and 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 for him, that bell tolls. I remember being young and kind of enjoying it as like an adventure story, sure. but like to kind of like appreciate it as like an adult literature, in, like in, it's not. In in a, in a very derogatory way, it kicks ass, and it's like, but that's not what it's supposed. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a fun adventure story. It's not like a truthful depiction about like this is a story about why bravery is good. Yeah, it would be like if Philip Seymour Hoffman did an action movie. It's like <laughs> essentially why? Yeah, it's I'm a, in, but. <laughs> Yeah. This, is, this is what you want to do for your last years, buddy? It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it was very popular. That's, that's a crazy sure, no thing, Sure, it makes sense. It's a seller. And like, and it's kind of crazy thing about how like, it's kind of funny knowing For Whom the Bell Tolls and then knowing A Feral to Arms and like For Whom the Bell Tolls was old man Hemingway mm-hmm. kind of getting annoyed that he's an quote unquote anti-war man because he wrote A Feral to Arms. Sure. Because like, and it's shocking because if you read A Feral to Arms and then just imagine that the guy who wrote that would later in life be offended that you called him anti-war being like, uh-huh. but you wrote that book. How would you, how do you do it? I don't get it. So uh-huh. like, yeah, it's. We maybe maybe down the line we'll do a farewell to arms uh, as my next selfish pick like six months from now or whatever. Sure, but oh, like wh- why six months? Uh, just because we just did this now, so we should wait. <laughs> I mean, six months from now it's my birthday. That's my selfish. Yeah, pick. Yeah, we're gonna do it over Gabe's birthday. Yeah, for Gabe's birthday <laughs> we're doing a Daniel selfish pick. There you go. No, Not for I mean, my birthday we're doing like we're fucking doing like Anne of Green Gables or like High Fidelity or that's something. Fine, I wanted to read Anne of Green Gables. I don't know you'd anything like about it. Anne. I yeah, think no. you'd actually genuinely really like Anne. Oh, of totally. Green Gables. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought they're like provincial like Parks and Rec episodes. <laughs> sure, it's great. No, I'm t- I'm all for it. Um. But no, that's that's why that's why I wanted to yeah that's the that's it. Let's go on break real quick. What? And then when we come back, we'll do final thoughts, we'll do hazy memories. Okay, Brokey. And then we'll fuck off. Then we'll order a pizza and go watch. I'm Netflix. so hungry. And now I'm hungry. All right, let's go on break. All right. Welcome back. Hi guys. Dear listener, reader. Dear to me, dear to Daniel. Uh, too. America's favorite literature podcast, Top Gallant Radio's Slow Fucking Readers. Sorry, I got a bunch of feedback. Okay. Well, what were you saying? Okay. I, and it's, it's Slow Readers. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. that, that's us. That's it. I'm still Gabriel. I'm still Daniel. Hey. And this is a fucking show. We're biblical as fuck. We're biblical as fuck. I play the trumpet while he walks into the den of the lions. Yeah, bro. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Final thoughts. Yeah. On a movable fucking feast. Mm-hmm. By... Ernest Hemingway. I feel very, very weirdly on the fence now about this one. Because it was okay. the first one I read that I really liked when I was 22. 
And I don't know why I liked it. I really don't remember now. It was just Fitzgerald stuff. The Fitzgerald stuff is excellent. Maybe I just don't know the stories of the rest of these people. Maybe I should be like, oh, what a beautiful depiction of Ezra Pound and Wyndham Lewis. But I don't know who these fucking people are. It's nice to, there are nice depictions of Gertrude Stein. Yeah, she's great. Know. Well, what's the deal with that whole thing about her like pleading of someone and then coming away like never hanging out for again? Oh, but like, what, 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 is, what does that like, mean? Again, I didn't reread it, but I, I distinctly remember that uh, I believe that like she, because she had like a bunch of like uh, girlfriends and such, and the one that's mentioned early on, in Alice something, Alice B. Toklas. Yeah, who's who's apparently like a very legendary figure. Who I'm yeah, there's a there's well. a Peter Sellers movie called I Love You, Alice B. Toklas. Okay, and uh, and like she like she is like the the great like you know person in all their lives and whatnot. Um, but then like later on in life, I think she Gertrude Stein had another girlfriend who like. I think it's kind of like a Zelda situation where like Hemway didn't like and he didn't like seeing her with this other person. I see. Where like and basically it was something where it's like I, I can't be around you when you're like this with this other person because it's not good for you. I gotcha. Um, I, that's what I remember. Does that sound right? <laughs> I, I think so. Here, okay. Pass me the book. All right. Okay. Jesus Christ. That's from my hazy memory. Okay. Anyway. That, that's your hazy memory. Well, no, no. Okay. no, no <laughs> I want to look at it for my speech. Oh, that's, we're, sorry. We're but final my final thought, right really. Um. I am I am more fascinated by Hemingway than ever before, especially because he read Sun Also Rises. Now, like I see the the contradictions that make him so fascinating. So I'm I feel like I'm I'm not gonna seek out any more because I know inevitably doing a literature show with you, we're gonna have to do more of him anyway. So I'm in no rush, but I'm I am so much more open to him now than I've ever been before. Yeah, um, and Mavul Feast is very interesting. The the portraits he paints, the characters, they're all fascinating. And because I love Fitzgerald so much, the stories about him are really great too. Daniel, your final thoughts about the moving buffet I'm, starring Hems uh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth as Ernest Hemingway. Uh, Would that work? You know, you you know who played uh, Ernest Hemingway in a uh, genius, huh? Who was it? Fucking McNulty. Seriously? I'm serious. Dominic West? That's great. I've like YouTubed like clips of him. That's pretty awesome. It's really unfortunate that the movie's not good. That's too bad. It's really because like, uh, again, it's, oh, who played, um, I think Guy Pierce played uh, Fitzgerald. Cool. And somebody, oh, fuck, somebody else played, come on, Strand. Fucking load, you dick. <laughs> uh, somebody else played uh, Zelda who was interesting. Let me actually look this up while I talk. Um, so again, like it's, yeah, no, this is also, we, we you kind of mentioned like, uh, uh, English professors and such when you were referring to our buddy, Jonathan Hayes, Jonathan B. Hayes, uh, the whip around, not to be confused with Sean Hayes of the Broadway production of promises, promises with, um, squeaky voice woman. All right. I'll take a word for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the, um, that like. You know, all English professors, it's really great. You sent me that. It was like a tweet where it's like a, in an English class, the English professor was like basically just like at some point pontificated and like wondered about like, it'd be so great to be in Paris in the 20s yeah. and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the person was just like, are these all the same people or something yeah, like that? that's great. Like this, like don't get me wrong, this book, this book spawned those kind of people, you know, mm-hmm. where like, for example, it's not. Because it's not it's not from that period, but it's about that period. Sure, it's about people who were like 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 the entire aesthetic of reading a book and writing poetry at a French cafe. That is a movable feast. While being dirt poor, exactly. Uh, being being with someone who you love, but you're not going to stay with. Yeah, <laughs> um, and like, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I, mean, no. I, I maintain, Daniel, Ooh. you should really read uh, George Orwell's Down and Out in Paris and London right. for a similar kind of thing. But it's mostly it's it's more like like a Kitchen Confidential where it's 
it's George Orwell, like, living in Paris and London and being dirt poor and, like, living like shit. And it's awesome. Oh, it sounds fun. We should do that. Yeah, Orwell's point. nonfiction, in my opinion, way better than his fiction. In your opinion. In my humble opinion. Gabriel, did you know I haven't read a single Orwell book besides Animal, Animal Farm, Farm, which we've read for this show? Episode one, which yeah. is no longer available, apparently. It's no longer available. <laughs> if y'all want to read it, fuck you. Hey, if you want access to our back catalog, just shoot us a DM. Shoot us a DM. Give us some... <laughs> Join our <laughs> Patreon, where all the rewards are nothing. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Kirby played Zelda. Really? Ingenious, yeah. Yeah, Dominic She's West. Pretty. Dominic West, Hemingway. Yeah, I know, right? It's like Alison Pill as Zelda, which is, I love that. oddly enough, in Midnight in Paris, yeah. uh, which is another book that's kind of, like, influenced by that whole fucking, like, love for that kind of thing. Yeah. It's about that. Yeah. Uh, also had a great, like, the best, like, I, like, I don't care about a realistic depiction of Fitzgerald or Hemingway or Zelda, mm-hmm. but, like, it's, like, nothing is more right than those people in Midnight mm-hmm. in Paris. Like, it's like so who's, who's Hemingway in that one again? Uh, Hemingway is Harry, uh, Corey Stoll. Oh, that's cool. Which is like the first time I saw him anything. Really? That like I, I yeah, I don't think it was anything before. That was like twenty ten at this point. You know. Wow. So like he was great. Uh, what's his face was Fitzgerald. Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Yeah, low key was. baby. Great. He was a low key, F Scott Fitzgerald. He was, and that's that, that's that's how we imagine him. Yes. I, Chill, very handsome, very good looking person. Hemingway, Hemingway goes at great length about how attractive. Yeah, it's almost like a weird, like fetishistic, like description of Fitzgerald. He goes on a very, very long time about. He's like, yeah. he's very soft, feminine features well, and short legs. He did that to everybody, but it was very pronounced Not with Hemingway. Book, it was specifically just him. No, I was gonna say he did it with Gertrude Stein. Um, oh, he, he has this great kind she of. She was thing. squat. He, he like he cut he, he the way that Hemingway writes is that it is is a mixture of very tr- like harsh truthfully kind of things well he'll like look at you and describe you as you are with both kindness and and unkindness is it like how i describe my attraction to leslie feist yeah basically where yes. it's like you're complimenting her but you're not saying things that you would say to her face yes, <laughs> yes. that's a great way to put it yeah um but no all right so yeah speaking of which uh final thoughts I still love this book. I actually do want to get around to kind of reading it over again. Uh, I can't stress enough. I do still very much enjoy reading the Hemingway language. Um, I, I feel like I've been going on a great length about like how much I like about him as opposed to the things that I don't like about him. Mm-hmm. But like, just because I think we can go on for another hour about the stuff I don't like about him. We'll get to it. But like, we should read one of his bad books. <laughs> sure. I mean, I mean honestly, um, we should do that at some point. Okay. That's going to be fun. Uh, that's my final thoughts. Gabriel. Cool. We have a segment called Hazy Memories, where we hey, remember the thing, the thing you're going to remember down the line, Hazely, named after Jonathan Hayes from the Whip Around. Check out the Whip Around podcast. Whip Around is one word. It is not a Fox News podcast. Yes. If you love a hard-hitting conservative commentary, Whip Around with Jonathan Hayes. If you like weird, <laughs> macabre stories, things that uh, the things that get to you, I suppose I put it, and science. And science. Cetera, it's a good time. Gabriel, a hazy memory. Yeah. My hazy memory is the one I've always remembered from this book. And because really, again, as a Fitzgerald fan, I always fixate on the Fitzgerald stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is the paragraph I always like. Here's the two paragraphs I've always loved the most. It's about Zelda, obviously. Mm-hmm. Zelda was very beautiful and was tanned a lovely gold color. And her hair was a beautiful dark gold. And she was very friendly. Her hawk's eyes were clear and calm. I knew everything was all right. and was going to turn out well in the end when she leaned forward and said to me, telling me her great secret... Ernest, don't you think Al Jolson is greater than Jesus? Nobody thought anything of it at the time. It was only Zelda's secret that she shared with me, as a hawk might share something with a man. But hawks do not share. 
Scott did not write anything anymore that was good until after he knew that she was insane. And like that, those two paragraphs fill me with shivers. That's fucking cool. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's I, fucking great writing. Uh, yeah, I remember reading that over, and it just like, yeah, no, that's good. And and I've always that that sentiment, that thought, that like that cool chill of looking back and realizing what everyone should have seen, everything, everyone should have known, someone should have done something. Uh-huh. It's it's like it's like watching the first like domino fall. Yeah, or like having that first that first hint of just being like. Like you hear something, you, you had, you didn't maybe like somebody or like you felt something was weird, but something happened. You just went, this person's insane. Like what? Like this is like, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's it's, that's it's funny. great. I'm really like, like based on just that thing, I'm like, I, I can't dislike Hemingway no matter how much I don't really understand as much as you didn't or like, enjoy his style. As much as you also didn't really care for reading at this time. Yeah. There's still that one thing where it's just like, fuck, that was good. Yeah. Also, I was at the airport and I was like exhausted. Nice. Um, uh, Daniel, my... you're hazy. Sean, breathe haze Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got Shana one. Bathana got Bathana. one. Uh, Gabriel, my hazy memory, and I, I clearly have some already because I've read this before. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You read it too, but uh, mm-hmm. but like I, I, I kind of ruined this last time. It's still one of my favorite stories. Is also from again the Fitzgerald stuff because that is the best stuff. And it's that, the meat of it. That's the reason why I wanted to read this. Like mm-hmm. I would say, like the the rest of the book is almost like a prelude to the Fitzgerald stuff. Yeah, you're reading this the whole time, being like, "Fucking get to the Fitzgerald stuff, man." Yeah, there's an there's like an epigraph to his section. Yes, because it's that cool. Yeah, it's a fucking. Yeah. Also, I want to point out that uh, the epigraph, which was very good, I'm not going to read it right now. You read it last week. We were no, yeah, we read it last week. But you kind of said like it was kind of, um, it sounded kind of like like mean and critical, let's say, yeah. in a very Hemingway kind of way. But like I would say like yeah, but like a lot of things that uh, Hemingway did, I think he's also talking about himself. Sure. Like because I, I got to be that. honest, like he again might have written that at the or used it. At the end of his life when he wasn't really writing and mm-hmm. right before he went into depression and moved to Idaho and ended his life. Yeah. Uh, he shot himself, correct? Yes, he shot himself. With what? With a shotgun. No, cool. Yeah, I, I, that's why I made the Cobain joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was actually very uh, accurate. Um, oddly enough, also a very good story. There's a, a Joyce Carol Oates novel called Wild Nights, okay. which is uh, several stories written from the perspective of a famous, usually, I think it's authors. I think they're all authors, like Edgar Allan Poe. She had one story about Hemingway mm-hmm. written from his perspective oh. in his style. Cool. Uh, in, which she did for all the other ones, like Poe is like a post style and everything like that. And it's really fucking great. It does, it references the story about the measurement story. Okay. Uh, the dick measuring story. And it is basically kind of alluding to Hemingway's like possible uh, uh, homoerotic connection to Fitzgerald. Sure. And basically she kind of like rephrases it. He writes it a lot about his lips. It, it, yeah. Daniel, next time we want to do a short story subseries, mm-hmm. let's do Wild Night. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we, no, we should do that. I mean, uh, yeah, I felt kind of mixed. That's literary as fuck. It's li- it's nothing more literary than that. That's just lit. It's her midnight in Paris. Sure. I know. Um, in my hazy memory was the the story about uh, meeting Fitzgerald for the first time, not properly meeting him. Uh, it, it's it's such a good story. I, I I love it so much. And it's not even like the full chapter. It's just like yeah. the beginning part where like they met, like they were Hemingway was hanging out with people. Fitzgerald came in with other people, and they were drinking. And Hemingway's recollection of, like, Fitzgerald just, like, falling over himself, like, yeah. complimenting Hemingway. He's drunk. Wearing a bad tie and yeah. suit and and making... And, like, at some point, like, his face distorts into, like, a death mask. And they yeah. had to call him a cab. Mm-hmm. 
And Henry was just like, wow, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. And then, like, meeting Fitzgerald a couple days later, and it was just like, are you okay? And he was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? It was fine. And it was... I didn't want to be there. Your British friends were assholes. And he's like, I didn't have British friends at British friends. Like, when you came back. And he's like, when I came back, oh, there were British (laughs) people there. Yeah. And it's it's basically, yeah. I I love... And also, like, the fact is, like, did they make fun of your tie? Like, what tie? What, my tie? What? I was wearing, like, and it's something completely different. Yeah, than I, got the, the, I, got, I got the tie in Rome. Just like, this the awesome recollection of, like... Of what it's like to talk to an alcoholic. Yeah, one alcoholic talking to another. Yeah, actually fair. <laughs> yeah, remembering the well, meeting. Yeah, remembering all wrong. But Both are, it's... It, Movable Feast is uneven, like you said, but mm. it's also a great book. It's all, it's very fascinating. It's, it's, it's... Yeah, and I feel like... Don't remember, this also... This book got a huge uh, resurgence after the uh, 2015 Paris uh, attacks. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, it was actually... It was, like, hugely popular after... After the the terrorist attacks, it was 2015, right? That's interesting. I was like, like, like Zola has some really amazing books about how great Paris is, but I'm like, mm. I, this kind of feels incidentally about Paris. It it is it does a good it job. Is, well, here's the it. thing: the boring bits, let's call them, are about Paris. Okay. He's very much talk. He's very much talking about what Paris looked like, what it felt like to be there. Daniel, um, we're going to Paris. I very much, I wish. Uh, I very much love the first story where he's just talking about like the rain and how miserable it is. Yeah. But he's recalling it fondly, you know. And he's being he's In nostalgic. Idaho. He's nostalgic for the bad weather. Yeah. Um, but things like that. Uh, anyway, so that's that's why it's good. I'm not going to go on for. That's too long. cool. Long I dig it. It, 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 it. It's a good book. Uh, so let's put it to bed. Let's put it to bed. We're gonna put that aside. We're gonna put it to bed. Also, this is also one of two versions of the book. What do you mean? Is another one? There was a 2009 edit by oh. I think his grandson Hemingway's grandson. I forget his name. Sure. Um, that included a couple chapters and was hmm. criticized because it cut out some of the critical aspects about his grandmother, who was uh, Hemingway's wife. Hadley. I think I think it was Hadley at the time, essentially. Lena Lena Hadley. I think I think I think it was her what she was talking about, right? Yeah. And like basically like people criticized being like, so you took out the stuff that was mean about your your grandmother and you kind mm. of added like people were kind of iffy on him. Sure. It's a lot of what this posthumous works, people have kind of criticized the handling of like the edits and whatnot. Yeah. So Cool. Uh Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh we next week we're doing Owen Meaning. We're back to stranded. Back to stranded. We're going back to the island. We are continuing our series covering every book in the Strand 80. Check out the Strand Bookstore. Mm-hmm. Great times. We're doing John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany. John Irving, that was his name. I blanked yeah. out on it really hard. <laughs> sure. Um, well, that's one of my favorite books of all time. Uh-huh. It's a great read. Yes, and I have a copy. Yeah, I'm very weather. curious to see how you're gonna how you're gonna take it, Daniel. Because like, I also have not read a single John Irving book beforehand. Yes. That's the only one I've read. My mom's trying to get me to read Garp since I was like twelve. <laughs> just the Bob Duca joke in uh in the the ten hour yes. episode. Yes, I the, did. The, the the world according to fart. Yes, it was great. <laughs> uh, Seth Morris. Oh, it's it's so good. Anyway. What a treasure! I feel like we could reach out to him and he'd be like, "Okay, I'll do your show." As Bob Duca. As Bob Duca. I love that. Oh my god, we make so fucking happy. So next time, a prayer for. Owen Meany, probably part one. We'll see. Yeah, there's no way in hell we, like we, me included, are gonna finish that. Maybe, maybe I get super obsessive about it and fucking read it in a week. It's great. You it don't really know. Really is. You don't know. I mean, like it's so good. Gabriel. Yes. I need you to plug. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, please check out. It's coming. I think next week. It is self-evident. Telling Asian America stories. It's a podcast about Asians. 
made by Asians talking about their Asian American experiences. I am on episode three of the first season. I believe that's coming out in about a month's time now. But follow it. Go on. So go on. Uh, follow it on Instagram at Self Evident Show. Um, just check it out on Stitcher, iTunes, or whatever, whatever your podcatcher is. Check out Self Evident. I'm very, very proud of it. It's a really great time, and I think it's a great thing. Besides that, follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Read as in reading a book. Richards as in Mr. Fantastic. Um, it's mostly pictures of books and then me shirtless sometimes. Nice. And while you're at it, review this show. Give us some stars, Review the dude. fucking show, bro. I have to finish up those stickers I was making, including my Cormac McCarthy one. Nice. If the topless centaur. <laughs> it's really good. I'm, it, really, it, I'm very impressed. It tickled impressed me pink. These, yeah. Anyway, so please check that out. Yeah, Daniel Plug. And you can follow me at Twitter at Top Gun Radio, on mm-hmm. Instagram at Slow Readers. Yep. And you can buy my fiction all available on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know why adding .com to that seems so weird. Yeah. Uh, you can get uh, The Shadow from the Deep. Peter loved it. Peter loved it. <laughs> Peter loved it. Johnny No Thumbs, get on that. Come on, Johnny Come No on, Thumbs. Come on, Johnny No Thumbs. I want, what if, I want what the if review. Just, like the verbatim review. <laughs> As per usual. This guy's an idiot. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> uh, and also, A Cook in the Kingdom, yeah. which I didn't plug because I didn't schedule it yet. Oh, did it, what's it called? The, the free thing end already? Yeah, the free period oh, ended uh, at the end of yesterday. Right. Uh, thank you very much, all those out there who picked up a free copy because it got to like number like 41-ish of like the awesome. free, of free literature. Uh, so, yeah, I was really happy That's with cool. that. That's cool. Yeah, follow him at Daniel Gonzalez Fiction on Facebook as well for updates on his shit. Yes. Uh, and, and that is the end of this episode. Cool. See you guys next week for that high-pitched, crazy tiny wonder that is Owen Meany. Yes. Good night, and good, good luck. Good luck. With Game of Thrones. Nah. All right. Game of Thrones times. All right. Bye. Hey. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com.